Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Good morning, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. I am your host today, as the intro said, and we are in July. Yes, we are in the sixth month past. So that means we're halfway through another year. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of wondering when somebody's going to sound off the alarm and tell us that it's now post-COVID. I don't know that that's what we're here today to talk about, but hey, it's something that was on my mind because, you know, I've had people that that keep asking me, when's COVID over? Anyway, uh, we've got our regular guest, Sean DeVore, on the line with us. At least I hope you're there, Sean. Yeah, I'm here, Dave. How are you this morning? Well, good. It's always good to hear your voice whenever I introduce you. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I try to be on time. Well, no, no, that that's not what I'm trying to say, Sean. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. technology always, uh, I was doing a class with uh, New York uh, this past month, and uh, everything seemed to be good. One person joined, but nobody else could join, and we had to postpone the class, restart all over, or schedule for another day. I hate doing live things and have technology screw it up. Right, exactly. I feel the same way. So, folks, so uh, to do a, go ahead. Well, I was going to just tell everybody that uh, we're a little early on our normal thing. So you said be on time. Well, actually, we're we're early because we usually do this on Monday, but. I kind of figured with the, the holiday weekend, uh, you know, 4th of July and everything, that uh, we're, re- we're recording this on a Friday. So if you wanted to join us live, folks, we threw something in on you. We're doing it on a Friday morning. I say we are. We are, aren't we, Sean? Yeah, we are. We are <laughs> doing it on a Friday morning. Sorry, I got had a lot going on this morning. Well, and, and that's what happens on a Friday, right? It, you know, for us people, it's uh, been in sales all of our lives. Friday is that makeup day where you take care of the things that you didn't get done, and especially before a holiday. Yeah, today at four twenty, between four twenty and four forty-five, all the wheels will fall off. Everybody's <laughs> got to get there. They'll have to get their orders in. They want to make sure that what was supposed to ship today shipped. And uh, that last-minute bid or price that they got to have, they'll they'll be calling me between 4:20 and 4:45 on Fridays, especially before a holiday. And, and so the thing is, is I would imagine, Sean, you are not going to be on the road with all of the other people this afternoon, uh, getting an early start on the holiday weekend. No, I don't. I don't share the road with the white knucklers on holidays. I drive every day, so I usually avoid Fridays before a holiday. I do not go on the road. Uh, Well, folks, if you haven't joined us before, uh, Sean is uh, one of the reps for Mannington Mills. So, uh, Sean, tell everybody a little bit uh, about you in case this is their first time listening in. 
So I'm a commercial representative for Mannington Commercial. We manufacture all commercial products with the exception of hard tile. We do not make ceramic or porcelain, but uh, every bit of soft surface or resilient product that's available for a commercial building we manufacture. And 99% of that product is made in the United States. I personally have been a rep for 30 years since 1991, uh, working in a major market such as Chicago and Miami. And now I'm stationed in uh, North Florida and South Georgia is my territory. What is predominantly what you're installing or having installed or you're taking care of? What type of floor or surface? Well, as you know, you and I have a conversation every month. So my primary source now is hard surface, uh, mainly LVT, luxury vinyl tile, luxury vinyl plank. Those are the two products that are we are selling the most of right now. You know, the thing is, is as the industry has changed on this, Sean, I think there's been a big gap uh, disparity between what we believe the customers should be getting, what they expect, and the lack of knowledge from the people that maintain these new hard floor surfaces, because it's not the same things that we've been doing. The product doesn't work the same way. I'm imagining that this still is your everyday issue. Yeah, I mean, we've, we're moving further away from the finish issue uh, where we have facilities now that are, they've actually caught the bug and they're moving forward that they don't want to do finish. So they're asking for floors that don't require finish. And there's most, most of the schools and the hospitals that I deal with are slowly replacing and moving away from finish. And uh, can you hold just a second? Dave, let me answer this question and I'll. Well, you know, and I, and I think, folks, this is the whole thing, you know, whenever you talk about this, is that hard floor surfaces, by and large, have uh, really been laying floor finish. I mean, this is the maintenance issue. And one of the things that Sean and I talk about almost every month is the fact that customers now need to move away from the mentality of stripping and refinishing, buffing all the time or polishing, high speed burnishing, whatever you want to say. And they need to do more daily maintenance, which changes the whole expectations of the, the maintenance process, plus also the expectations of what the products do. And so Sean and I talk about this almost every month. And, you know, I'm on the training side of it, the skills and the knowledge. <laughs> the reason we have Sean here is because he works with the installers and in getting it down before, well, you and I, the, the maintenance people get in touch with it. And that's, that's, you know, I think we've got the end users from the manufacturing side. We've got the end users. We're headed down the right path. We're, we've got uh, all end users asking for no finish on the floors. The problems that some of the issues and we've actually got the maintenance staff with the help of people like yourself and the programs that you have, like your Rockstar program, we're getting the maintenance staff on board. They're learning that, yeah, you do have to maintain it on a daily basis or a weekly basis, as, as whereas probably a finished floor, you didn't have to do that as much other than sweep it because you knew once a quarter you were going to 
strip it off and and right. put new finish on top of it. Whereas now they have to do more of a daily kind of maintenance, but it's less. It costs them less. It's easier. It's less. There's less chemical. Sometimes there's no chemical. So the issue I'm dealing with now is before, if you did a a, a school, for instance, and it was VCT. The VCT uh, came with a, a basic finish on it, and then they installed it. And after the school was opened, uh, the maintenance staff came in and stripped and waxed it. And they put two or three coats on it to get it through the first year. And the GCs kind of understood that, that, you know, they didn't care if they banged around the floor a little bit. Well, I just walked <laughs> a very large school yesterday. The entire school yard that we would say that they're not schoolyards anymore. They're just huge expanses. This school's 125,000 feet. Um, they, it's all mud. You know, we've been having all this rain. It's all mud. The parking lots are, are lime rock, but they're saturated with water, so they can't pave them. And you got all the workers walking in and out of the school every day through the mud. The GC actually, when he picked me up to take me over to the job site on the side by side, was wearing a knee-high rubber boots. Oh. And I asked him, and I asked him, do I need rubber boots? He's like, no, I'll just drive you right up to the door. But there was people walking and driving all over the place and going in and out of the school, and they're installing LVT. So the fifty percent of the LVTs installed with no ram board over it, no protection on it. They're driving, uh, they're delivering the furniture yesterday. So they had dollies of boxes being put into classrooms. And I asked the general contractor, I said, are you, are you responsible for ram board or is the subcontractor responsible for floor protection? And he said, well, we are. And I said, well, there's no floor protection. He goes, well, we don't, we feel with the, you know, it's, it's, they, the floors have held up in the previous schools. I think we'll be fine. I said, but what if you're not fine? <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, folks. I just got, I'm just trying to uh, envision this, you know, because uh, this is, this is that proactive things that I always talk about is what are you going to do after it's all laid and you've screwed it up? Well, I, I said, you know, I said, I don't really mind the pallet jacks, the the hand pallet jacks on the floor and moving the pallets around. That really doesn't bother me. It's the one pallet that has the nail sticking out the bottom that bothers me. The guy's <laughs> walking down the corridor, pushing the pallet jack, and that one nail is making a scratch all the way down the corridor. Ugh. So when you get, when you order, now this didn't happen, but this is a, I've had it happen, but that, then you have a dialogue issue because there's three there's actually on this job there's patterns so there's four different colors on the floor oh my and if you and if you can't just order new lvt like you could vct and get a similar match you it's going to have a dialogue difference so if you have to replace a row of tiles all the way down without any attic stock uh then you've got an issue and it's not as you're not putting a scratch in the finish on the on the top of the VCT, you're putting a scratch in the product. And yeah, actually, the material that's manufactured, which is not something right. that can be um, uh, enhanced or camouflaged in the field, it has to be replaced. And with four different colors, four different patterns, uh, right. unless you have enough 
overage stock there on site, you're pretty much SOL as far as getting any of this to match. Right. And so, you know, what they could have done on the job is, and I always make it part of the specification is put Ram board down, which is a, you know, 16th inch rolled product that rolls out on the floor. It's a heavy, heavy construction paper, cardboard, roll it out, tape it down and walk on that the entire time. And the floor is like brand new when you pull it up. And yeah, I mean, it's a very small cost for preventative versus right. the possibilities. It's, you know, it's that insurance policy, huh? Exactly. And I told him yesterday, I said, do you know where they're going to set up the, the assembly of the furniture, all the tables and the chairs and all that? And he says, oh, my gosh, I'm not sure they haven't figured that out yet. I said, well, you need to make sure that in the room that they choose that it's either a room that hasn't been installed yet. Or it's a room that you've put a layer of RAM board down because they're going to drop two or three, la- two or three layers of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're going to drop, you know, oh, yeah. self-tapping screws on the floor. They're going to maybe have to make a cut with a hacksaw or something like that to make something work. And then you're going to have metal filings. You're going to have there's there's any number of things that can happen in that. Oh, and I can just think of uti- I can just think of utility knives, you know, to cut boxes open drop and stuff, them. and people doing things. Yeah. It's just like. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I think what you're talking about here, though, Sean, and, and this is the reason why I have you come on our show is because these are things that the, the you know, facility managers and, and even the maintenance personnel don't realize that these things happen long before we get possession of the building and start our maintenance. But you yeah, deal with this, this all the time. A- I deal with it all the time. The contract general contractors are the it's it's a very tough situation to deal with when these schools go to hard bid and they hard bid the jobs so you get the lowest common denominator price point that wins the project, the subcontractor. So he's trying to look for ways any way he can to save money and then and and to try to make money on the job and then sure. the GC is pushing like this school has to open for classes on August 15th or whatever it is, it's the middle of August. And there's no parking lot. There's no grass. There's no permanent. They're, they're getting the permanent AC set on. Uh, the school has no uh, fiber optic cable in it. They can't get it. Uh, the supply chain is, is broken. Um, so I don't know. This school is going to have a huge issue. And the other school that I'm doing for this district, we can't get the LVT. The LVT has a one of our one component of the raw materials is in a long delay, so we're not going to be able to deliver the LVT until after school opens. Oh my! And so I have a great relationship with the, the school district, <laughs> and the school district the school district actually said I was very impressed with this gentleman that I work with. He looks at the long game. And he, I, he called me one day and he said, Sean, are you, how are you doing today? I said, I'm very upset because I can't furnish you with the LVT that you want. And all the options that I have that are in stock don't match your color palette. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't deliver the LVT. I can't push anybody. I'm just not going to get it. And he said, Sean, why are you so upset? Don't be upset. He goes, I'm going to wait three weeks for the LVT that I want. And I'm going to keep it over 20 years. I said, well, that's a unique way of looking at it. That sure does make me feel better. I do appreciate that because 
most people don't look at life that way, but he's exactly right. I hadn't even looked at it that way. I was just staring at the fact that I couldn't get him the product. He's actually saying, I'm going to wait three weeks to get exactly what I want and I have to open the school without floors. It'll pass inspection. I can get a CO without without floors in the corridors. I'll be well, fine. I mean, he's still, he's, still got con- he's still got concrete floor, and I mean, there's plenty of sustainable yeah. concrete floors out there. Yeah, he's got a concrete floor, and the air conditioner's on. The Everything will be working sure. and functional except for the floor. So he's like, I'll look at it like that, and then when you install the floor, I'll have it for 20-plus years. So why would I install something that I don't like or that's an inferior product just to have it for three weeks? So, you know, as you know? you're th- as you're saying that, and I, you know, just because this is, hey, this is a live show, folks, so – you know, if it comes onto one of our heads, we usually just kind of spit it out. So I'm going to say, why are we, why are we still, and I know you're in the tile business, but I'm looking at this going, why are we even trying to cover concrete with floor coverings that we have to do this with? This is, you know, I'm still, I, I'm kind of one of those people. I really love sustainable polished floor surfaces where we don't have any of these issues. Now, I know that yeah, doesn't help you out there. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. But it, it boils down to it boils down to color and, and pattern and design, and that's where it comes from. It comes from that side because I I agree yeah, with you. I, I was know. at a I, you know I was at another end user yesterday in uh, a veterinarian office, and the veterinarian office had a a twelve by twelve. Actually, it was a larger format. I think it was almost a it was probably an eighteen by eighteen ceramic tile uh they had had in the in the practice for a long time it was white uh the grout lines got dirty a long time ago so they accepted it and um they were happy you know the floor was good but they wanted more design so they uh opted for a or opted for a um resilient sheet good and they went from a white tile to a dark navy blue resilient inlaid sheet and through the, the, the practice is not open yet, but this is a surgery room and they were doing construction in there and the floor got scratched a couple of times by the contractor. There was a board with a nail in it. It, it had punctured the floor in a couple of places and they called me in a couple of weeks ago and I addressed it, gave them something to repair the strap, the scratch with. And I thought we had moved on from it. Well, I got another phone call and I had to go out and visit the job and meet with a veterinarian and she was very unhappy that the floor was scratching. She felt it was scratching pretty easily. And of course I'm in a delicate situation because I have the general contractor there, the subcontractor there who installed it as well as the owner. And I asked her, my first question to her is what was, what's your level of expectation for this floor? Mm-hmm. And she couldn't understand what I meant. I said, well, what, you know, when you look at the floor, what is your level of expectation when it comes to a scratch? She goes, I don't want to see any scratches. I said, okay. I said, you so should we, have stayed where you were. <laughs> well, that's what, you know, and the, it got, it got, it was probably some of my tone and, and sometimes I come across as being abrupt, but I, I, at the end of the conversation, we were better, but I, or at least we found a place to communicate. But at that point it got a little testy because I'm like, I, I want to know, I said, probably you shouldn't have this because you went from a white ceramic tile to a dark blue, soft, resilient oh, product. Gosh. Yeah. So you're on completely opposite ends of the earth from each other. Yep. Um, so you probably 
I, based on what your level of expectation was and why I asked that question, with my 30 years of experience, I'm, I would like to offer and tell you what kind of floor you need. And it's not for Mannington. It's a you need to get a 15,000 PSI port epoxy floor. And then you need to discuss with that person who's installing it the amount of aggregate that you want revealed into that epoxy. Do you want it to be smoother or do you want it to have more of a grip to it, you know, for bloodedly fluids and spills and those kinds of things, anti-slip? Because that way you can pressure wash the floor. You don't have to worry about it coming off. Mm-hmm. You can, you're not going to see any scratches in it. It's a very hard surface. Um, that would be more along the lines of what you want. But she goes, yeah, but I like this floor. I'm like, then this I know is- that. <laughs> then you're going to have to change your level of expectation. Would I said, would you accept a lighter color, maybe a gray or a beige or, or, or something like that? And she goes, no. She goes, are the scratches still going to be there? I said, yeah, you're probably going to see a mark here and there. Maybe you're not going to see it as much, but yes, they'll be there. That's why I'm asking you to go to a different color. Well, just because I don't see them doesn't mean I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't want any scratches. And I said, well, then um, she this goes, is, the is there anything I can put on it to keep it from scratching? I said, no, not really. I said, not to meet your level of expectation. No. And that's when she was very upset because she wanted the floor she was going to get, but it didn't make her happy because I wasn't going to tell her that I can rip this out and put another piece in and it's going to work better than this one does. And, you know, this sounds very much like a conversation that you and I had on one of our other podcasts, Sean. Uh, Why do you call an expert in for advice and then not want to listen? Exactly. You know, I, I, I just say that because this is very indicative of, of what you and I both go through uh, and, and even when students come to class. During the first, I would say, 10 minutes of class, I'd say, you did not come to class to spend four to eight hours with me for me to tell you to go home and do the same thing you were doing before you walked in. Correct. So, so the thing you need to understand is I'm going to change your world today. Now, the question is, how much are you going to change to adapt to what you should be doing that you have now learned? And I think that's what this situation is here. One of the realities it sounds like was she was learning that what she chose was wrong and she couldn't have what she wanted. She should have never stopped. Should have never been there to start with. Correct. And 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 I told her, I said, but she goes, well, I was never told this was going to happen. And I'm like, well, I, w- I said, no offense to anyone in the room or whoever or however you pick this product. I wasn't involved in the decision. I was just called. I was given a purchase order and the product was ordered and shipped. And I said, I wasn't privy to why, how you were using it or why or where it was being used. And so I'm here now and I'm telling you that Mannington is probably not the right product for you based on your level of expectation. If you understood that you're going to have a dog claw, dog claw mark in it every now and then you can put a, a, a no, you know, some kind of no low product on it or something like that to fill in some of those scratches as they occur over the years. Um, it's not going to affect the wear or the durability of the product. It's going to continue to maintain itself. It's just going to have a few scratches in it here and there every now and then, and it'll kind of have a break in period. But if, she goes, well, I don't, I don't want, I don't, she reiterated, I don't want that. I don't want that. I said, well, then, then you need to move on to go back to ceramic. Well, I don't want ceramic. I said, then you need to go to epoxy or go to a, a, a polished concrete floor. 
those are your options based on your what you expect out of a floor. You know, and I and, think uh, what is interesting about that that you just said is that today in the flooring, we have so many more good options that this is taking people much more decision time that they've never used to be. I mean, the, the VCT of 100 years ago is, go, is going away. Right. And thankfully, because as you said, the maintenance issues. On the other hand, now it's the daily things and these expectations that you're sp speaking about today are now front of mind instead of back because we can't we can't adjust with coding and recoding. We don't want to now, but there's right. also this front end decisions that have to be made. And I think many of the consumers are, are still having to adjust to that. Most definitely. I, the, I hate to, I don't know how to, the, the product because you are walking right on the product is, a little bit more apt to damage up on the front side. And if you don't take precautions when the job's being installed, uh, if you're doing too much construction on top of it, you're just going to have a floor that's not what you expect it to be when it's turned over. And I think that might be more what's going on in this particular clinic is the GC has damaged the floor. And if, if the floor had been protected completely and turned over in a pristine state, then I think the, there there wouldn't be the scratches because I had her bring in a couple of dogs, two large dogs, and move them around in on the floor with a leash and pull on them and have them moving around. And neither one of those dogs scratched the floor. So it led me to believe that the scratches were caused by the contractor and it was construction to, to uh, disrepair and not from actual use. Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm, I'm very skeptical that uh, – uh, 180 pound dog claws could make a mark in LV product when, um, you know, it's more likely sand and grit under a 150 pound person's shoe that is right. making the, the abrasion to the surface. This is what I talk about all the time. I've got a case right now with the contractor that uh, has went in and they have poured floor finish over every hard floor surface they have. Holy cow. Yes, every floor to take care of what you're talking about. <clears throat> they put it over terrazzo, stone, concrete, ceramic, VC, LV. They put floor finish, the same floor finish on everything. And so now they're, <clears throat> they're wanting to have a class on how to maintain these floors. And I said, well, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to talk about, are you going to restore these floors and take care of the floor surfaces the right way? Or are we just talking about you're going to scrub, strip, wax the floor finish that you've got? Because right now, it doesn't really matter what the surface that you put it on. You're just working on floor finish. Yeah, I got a, a, a major university that I work with that um, if there's a joke over there, if one of the students falls asleep on a on a bench inside a building, they'll get waxed to the bench. 
<laughs> yeah, and and, and, and these are the these are the things that you and I see all the time, and 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 that's because you know at these places we're talking about now, floor finish has been the sacrificial lamb uh, that is offered up to also be the go-to cover-up solution for everything. Yes. Yeah, if there was an issue, just cover it up, put floor finish on it, make it shine, it'll go away. We put, you know, we've got some of these floors, like the ones I'm talking about now, that have got so many layers that you couldn't, you know, it would take forever to remove all the layers. And who knows what type of products have been put down over the last 15 years because they all weren't the same. They've laid all kinds of different manufacturers of products and all kinds of different um, uh, substrates of material. Um, you know, so, you know, in, their, in this case with them, they said, no, we don't want to take it all off. We just want to make sure that we know how to take care of it the best way from here on out. Yeah, a lot of it, my, it, yeah, it, I've got, go ahead. Well, and I was going to say, and this is what you and I deal with, and it goes back to what's the expectations uh, in this case here, like I ask. Are we removing everything and doing it the right way, or are we just taking care of what you got? You have to set the expectations of what's happening before you just jump headlong into something. I'm looking at a job in Savannah. It's a, a lot of old buildings in Savannah, but they have mm -hmm. a wood substrate, and then they have wood floor installed on top of that, and then they want to put LV product on top of the wood. Oh, my, my. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But luckily, this, the, the contractor called me. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I said, do we know, you know, is there a crawl space? Do we have moisture issues? What's going on? He goes, well, I don't, I don't know any of that. I said, well, just think about it. You take a, a wood subfloor and a wood uh, product installed on top of it, that moisture is moving through right now. It's currently moving through that product from a crawl space or whatever. And not and only that, you, but those are two those are two floors that move on their own anyway. Exactly. And then you encapsulate it with a vinyl product on top, that moisture stops. I said, so you could have all kinds of issues happen up under there. The proper way would to go back down to the actual substrate and skim coat it with a proper skim coat and then put your LV product on top of it. Um, you don't know that wood floor moves all over the place. You just don't see it moving. You know, I think it's interesting because I've learned a lot over the last year that you and I've been talking on the podcast. I'm doing some uh, work on my class, a motorhome uh, that we now have sitting in storage and I had to remove the floors in the bathroom. And you're talking about a floor in, a, in this motor coach that moves and I'm putting the LV on, on top of it. And so what I did is I, I put in the, 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 the plywood, you know, for the subfloor. Mm -hmm. And then what I went in and I did is I, I got a sheet of uh, the backer board, the Crete board, yep. you know, which is only one quarter inch Crete board and put in there and then put my LV on top of that Crete board. Right. You know, to give it more stability and, and, and that, because, um, and, and, you know, like I said, this was not a full installation. It wasn't a, a, like I did on my trailer, but it was a patch. And so you do the best you can with it. But what I had learned from you is I needed that stable, smooth, perfectly smooth floor, 
or there was going to be lumps and bumps and all kinds of stuff underneath it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing we've talked about also. That the the underlayment is extremely important because you can, you know, something as small as a a grain of you know, a grain of sand or a little piece of rock, a little tiny, tiny pebble, you can see it through the product. When the glue pulls down and does its job, it'll pull that L V all around that that bump and you'll see that bump in the floor like a little pimple. Yeah, and, 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 you know, and I remember you saying that. And so, you know, the screws that I screwed down the backer board with, I made sure that all of those were, you know, below the surface and that all right. of the material that come up, I'd smoothed those all off. Uh, e- even though I know it's just a patch job and everything, and I'm probably the only one who would ever see these things. It's just, you need to do this the right way. And I think one thing you had talked about earlier is, this is an education from the installer's viewpoint too. So you've got a lot of different variables in the new type of floorings that are going down. Yeah, we. I was on the phone with a senior designer from a large design firm in Jacksonville today, and we were talking about adhesives. And one of the things that came up, there was a big proliferation of spray adhesive. And there still is a lot of installers like using spray adhesive. But you can imagine if you have two painters on a building, paint the building, and they're using brushes, one paints one way and one paints another. You can never get two people to paint exactly the same. <laughs> and that's how it is. They hold these two 27-ounce cans in their, in their hands, and they walk backwards and figure eight the cans, putting the adhesive on the floor. Well, one will be spraying heavier than what the other one is, and it, it yeah. creates – and then if you do have a hospital that puts finish on the floor – you have these pop marks that start showing up in the finish because there's little splotches. That adhesive comes out uh, like you're spraying. It's very similar to spraying um, the contact adhesive that you use to put headliners in and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It comes yeah. out splotchy and you know, and little little dollops. And uh, it's a great way to do it. It's a pressure sensitive adhesive. It doesn't. It's not affected by heavy rolling traffic because there's not enough on it on the floor to displace. But the problem is these materials are so pliable and that adhesive is strong. Uh, when you put a finish on the floor, which is like a magnifying glass, you can see the pock marks of where the adhesive is and then where there's just bare concrete. And here again, this is why we in our class, we, we always promote, you know, you, you put down the product, you maintain it in its natural form. You only use the, a uh, shield product whenever it has, you know, it's useful life of, like you said, the scratches and stuff I have to repair, mm-hmm. but you don't really want to put this, the, the, the shield on there because it enhances every single thing. And that's what we found in, you know, in the lab. And I use that, that term to describe where we, you know, test, adhesives and adhesion and bond strength and all that kind of stuff. The spray adhesive works great in a lab on a no finish floor. But the minute you add finish to it, then you create a problem. And mm-hmm. not every end user is, you know, uh, uh, sensitive to it, but a lot of people are. And like the veterinarian said, which is very fair yesterday, she said, I spent a lot of money on this floor and it's just not meeting my expectations. So making a decision, floors are expensive and Mm -hmm. making the decisions up front and having, making sure that you outline the things that you need to do when, is it the right color product? Is it the right, 
durability, the right mill layer? Is it installed properly? Am I using the right adhesive to put it down with? Um, and then am I going to maintain it properly? Those are all things because they're, these are hybrids. They're, they're uh, like a race car. You know, they're, they're at the edge of the limits is what we're doing with, with product now. And when you do that, you tend to, you can make mistakes. You learn things every day. And that's important to try to pay attention to what's going on. And that's what I hope to get across when I talk to you on a monthly basis is just ask the questions and, and, you know, is this the right product in the right place? And I think what, I think what you're talking about here, Sean, is that with more options and more choices come more decisions that need to be explored before we make those final decisions. Because as the gentleman at the school said, you're making a decision that is going to be there for the next 20 to whatever amount of years. Correct. And I think this is not what people think about. Uh, I know whenever I chose my product for my trailer and stuff, this was a lot of the conversations that you and I had. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't, you, you don't want to change that floor. You don't want to put it down. This is something you're going to look at every day for the rest of the time. Well, that's like I've worked with a end user this week at a college and it's a, hopefully a, an account that I, I'll get. I don't know. It's a new account. I haven't done business with them that much. And I mean, I was meeting with the facility, the facility uh, planner, the gentleman who takes care of the buildings. And uh, I asked him, I said, well, who picks the material for the, the jobs? He goes, well, we have a new facility designer that picks it. And I said, well, do you have any input? He goes, I used to have a lot more input than what I do now. He said, but um, I like the product that I can uh, keep for a long time and I can clean it and I can take care of it. So I like more muted colors and less pattern and just easy to replace a piece if I need to. That's what's important to me. But the facility designer, uh, they like a lot of color and she likes it to be pretty and she likes a lot of patterns and every building may be different. Uh, and he said, so we're trying to figure a way to work together to try to get that. And it's just two different perspectives. Oh yeah. Yeah. Folks, we're, uh, broadcast every month with Sean here on Podbean Live. We are sponsored by Jim Supply, who's been a supplier of cleaning goods and education here in Central Florida for over 90 years. They're a family-owned business. Very happy to be sponsored by them. Sean, I want to kind of flip gears a little bit on you. Okay. FSPMA. Um you and I have been involved with them for uh, a few years, and uh, we're going to jointly do a, a session on uh, carpet. Uh, let's tell the listeners a little bit about FSPMA and, and what we're going to be doing there. Well, FSPMA is the Florida School Plant Management Association. So it is the people, the very people that we're talking about today and hopefully talking to uh are the people who take care of the schools, the plant managers, the physical plant managers, the people that specify floor covering, replace floor covering, take care of floor covering, and take care of the school in general. So it, it, that, that show is for everything that goes into a college or K through 12 that needs to be maintained or taken care of from light sconces and fixtures to wall, wall uh, panels, Electric, electrical switches, doorknobs, 
flooring, paint, pretty much anything that goes into a school. <laughs> and these are the people that take care of it and maintain it. You know, and, and I think as you started going through that laundry list, um, I don't think there's a lot of people that appreciate what a plant manager at a school district has to know, deal with, and be uh, um, available for every single day. Not just when school's in session, but when it's not in session. And uh, I think that's why we have this association uh, conference every year. And um, I know here at the academy, we're honored we're going to be doing four different educational sessions. And Sean, you and I are joining in on the carpet. So we've been talking about hard floor surfaces this morning, but we're going to be doing the carpet. So one of the things that we want to talk about, at least from your viewpoint, is selection and installation. What? Let, let's just kind of give a preview of what we're going to talk about. So in the carpet industry right now, the leader, like in hard surface, everything's going to LVP or LVT. Uh, in the carpet side, everything is moved to carpet tile. So it's a modular system. There's a lot of proponents or good reasons why to use carpet tile. It's easier to get in and up, get it in on the job as far as moving in on a pallet uh, as, as opposed to carrying in a roll that weighs a thousand pounds or uh, and also removing it because it goes down with a releasable adhesive or tabs. So it's easy, easier to remove and easier to replace. Uh, you don't have to take all the furniture out. There's a lot of a lot of positives. There's more positives for carpet tile than there are negatives. Uh, it does uh, bring up different types of ways of cleaning the carpet from dry chemical to hot water extraction what's preferred, um, what is the best ways, what yarn do you have, what backing system is it, who manufactured it, how was it installed. Those are all things that go into the maintenance of a carpet tile. And those are the things that we'll talk about, as well as talking about specifying color and pattern and direction of tiles. Uh, those are all components to how something wears long-term as well. And I think this is uh, the thing is they ask us to, you know, make a presentation, uh, you know, for about an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes on on the subject of carpet. And I think that's the points that we want to make is maintenance really depends on the type of carpet. So you're talking about um, the, the, the way it's manufactured, the I, I say the put up of how it is. Uh, so basically we have broad loom, you know, uh, wall to wall and we have the tiles. So for an existing building, you know, that is, you know, 20 years old, will that be broad loom or is that going to be tiles? Probably now, 20 years ago, more than likely it'll be carpet tile that's being removed. There's, really few broadloom jobs in the last 20 years. It's just completely been morphing. I'm, there's still the transition still happening, but for the most part, um, it's been, it's pretty much been flipped over now to carpet tile. The only place you're seeing broadloom is in um, hotel lobbies, hotel uh, conference centers, those kind of places where they want large patterns. And even with that now, some of the manufacturers like Millican and Shaw's done a really good job making uh, printed carpet tiles that, go into those areas at a three foot by three foot uh, modular product that looks great on the floor. 
So, so what we're talking about is uh, things like conference rooms, libraries, hallways and auditoriums and stuff like this, uh, where they used to be broad loom, you know, glued down wall mm -hmm. to wall uh, from the 80s, 90s, even right. 2000. Now that's being pulled up and they've been putting in the tiles. And I think this is something we want to talk about is maintenance needs to change as needed. So we're not doing all the same things that we used to do in those years. Yeah, I mean, the, the technology in the yarn is the most important thing and understanding what yarn you have. So do you have a, a cationic-based yarn that has a negative charge or do you have a a uh, non-cationic, which is a positively charged yarn, because those things, uh, you know, when you get into pH and neutrality or alkalinity or acidity, those are all things that are affected that affect the yarn of the product. So you don't want to go in there with an orange cleaner on a product that's yarn dyed that's not cationic because you put too much orange on it and you're going to change the color. And um, so see, so see folks, there, 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 there you are. So if you're listening to this podcast, I want Sean to go over that one more time because, you know, everybody's on the natural solvent type stuff. And while it's good in some cases, where is it not good again, Sean? It's not good on a piece dyed carpet that it was, was originally a white carpet that was dyed piece in a piece form. We call it like you take a piece of carpet and you dip it in dye and color it. That's called piece dye. And if it's a piece dyed carpet uh, and it's a non-cationic yarn, so it's a positively charged yarn, and you put an orange, uh, supposedly an organically certified orange cleaner on it that's heavily acidic, you'll change the color of the yarn, of the carpet, because the carpet is used is dyed using acids and bases. So if you use a heavily acidic dye, it will take a, the yarn is a positive charge. So the negatively charged dye will actually penetrate the yarn further and make the color darker. And sometimes we treat the yarn so it won't take the color deeper and the color is actually lighter. So when you put a heavily acidic cleaning product on something that's designed to be attracted to acids, then you're going to change the color of the product and damage it permanently. So and see, folks, this is this is why we're going to be talking about this subject. And in an hour and a half, there is no way that we, even as experts, can cover the all of the things that facility maintenance needs to know. So, you know, whenever we go into these conferences, we've got to kind of tone this so that it covers the people that well, hey, they just started in maintenance this last year. You know, they, they're not going to need to know everything. They need to know the basics. And so this is why I know one of the things that I promote a lot, Sean, is the CRI seal of approval. They have some things in there. And one of the things that they have in there is that the pH of the products can't be below a 4 and not above a 10. Correct. So one of the things that we're going to do here with this conference is we're going to be explaining some of these basics. Um, and then hopefully if you, you know, if you come to the show and you uh, attend our, our session that Sean and I will be doing, I think it's the last day from like 
3.30 to 5 or something like that. Just look at the calendar. Look at the schedule, folks, if you're uh, interested. And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about those things that give you a basic knowledge of, of what you should be looking for. But then again, hey, I got to give a plug here. We have classes. So, you know, maybe uh, a full uh, eight-hour class. Speaking of which, I just had a gentleman uh, this morning before we got on air today that uh, signed up to come down Tuesday right after the holiday and attend a, a, a class driving all the way down from the Tallahassee area. Wow. That's awesome. Well, yeah, and, and the great th- – the great thing about it is, Sean, is, you know, he's been in the disinfectant uh, business for the last couple of years. And uh, now some of his customers are saying, hey, can you take care of my carpets? And he says, I've got to go learn about it before I go and mess it up. And I, I applaud him for that decision because rather than just going out and grabbing a piece of his machinery and some cleaner and, uh, you know, basically I, I don't want to beat a certain uh, – let, let's just say – going get in a rental machine with the one chemical does everything right uh, let's just go that way you know that that mentality uh at least he's coming down and getting some professional education and then uh, you know if it changes if it gives him some skill set i said do you have equipment do you have product goes no i'm going to come and learn first and I, I i have to really say folks that's the best way if you're if you're listening to the podcast and you've never done some of these floor surfaces, never dealt with them, please come to the academy, get some basic information. We've got many different levels. Uh, just had a gentleman up in Colorado go, hey, I've got a bunch of frontline people. What levels of infection prevention classes do you have? And, and I think that's what you're talking about today, Sean, is we've got to start getting knowledge and set the expectations before we just go headlong into this. Things have changed. Yeah, because like in the carpet arena, you don't need to put anything on it. If it's a solution-dyed carpet tile, so a blue liquid makes a blue fiber, and it has a hard back on it, which carpet tiles, 90% of them do, some of them don't, but for the most part, they have a hard back on it that's waterproof. If you have those two things... If you simply wash the carpet with a neutral cleaner, it's sanitized. You don't have to add anything to it. It's inherently antimicrobial because it's solution dyed. Well, so and, 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 and the thing is, is, you know, we used to put carpet protector on. I mean, just tons of it. And you don't yep. need to do that anymore. You don't need to do that anymore. We do it at the Matter of fact, it's, it's wrong to do it. It's wrong to do it. Yeah, well, and with the technology that we have – if we manufactured the yarn correctly, the protector that you spray on it won't stick to it anyway. And, and, and that's, you know, this is what we teach in these classes. So, folks, we really appreciate, uh, you know, if you're in the Florida area, uh, coming down to the FSPMA show, I uh, believe it's September. Uh, we're yes. setting up some other things for October, folks. So our conferences are coming back to life. You know, I started the session this morning with, is COVID over, Sean? I think in our state it may be. <laughs> I was just talking to a counterpart of mine uh, that handles, she handles Alabama and Florida, and she's been really working hard in, in the panhandle of Florida because Alabama, a lot of the cities like Birmingham, uh, are still kind of closed up. They're not seeing as many people as what we are here in Florida. 
So in California is the same way. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know when this will be over. Well, you know, that's what some people were asking me. And I said, you know, I don't know who is it that's going to ring the bell and put up the sign and say COVID's over. I don't I I hear post COVID. and I'm like, when did that happen? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that don't want to take that responsibility because of what (laughs) could happen in the future. Uh, But, yeah, I I think we're going to it's something we're going to have to learn to uh, to live with. And uh, there's things that I've changed in my behavior. You know, I don't shake as many hands anymore. I keep a distance from people and keep my hands in my pockets, especially people that I don't know that I just met. And it, it's just a different way of doing business and a different way of being. I, I still love seeing people. I don't want to sit here in my office all the time and, and uh, be on the phone. And, and I don't want to do that. I don't like doing that. I like being on the road. So I appreciate you taking the time to sit on the, on the, the podcast with us every month. Oh, I love this. This is fun. Any uh, last words before we uh, wrap up for our day morning? No, I mean, I've been, I've been uh, making a a point to, uh, I have pulled back away from the news because it is depressing. I've canceled my (laughs) subscriptions to the different X's, Sirius XM and all that kind of stuff. And been reading a lot of books lately. And uh, I just, I've learned a couple of things that I already knew to be true, but, uh, I like to be pleasantly persistent and I like to be positive. It doesn't cost anything to be happy. So I'll leave it with that. Folks, this show is dedicated to healthy, positive and proactive. Uh, You've been listening to Sean DeVore with Mannington Mills. Uh, We'll have his contact information in the show notes so that you can get hold of Sean if you like what he's talked about. Uh, Remember the FSPMA show that will be coming in September. Sean and I will be doing a carpet session. We'd appreciate you being there for that. If, in fact, you would like some professional development and education on anything in the cleaning industry, we've got an online campus. We do live classes here. We're now getting out and about and doing some conferences. So please go to academyofcleaning.com where you'll find all the information about that. As Sean mentioned, don't forget our Rockstar program. We'll be uh, actually in Tulsa, Oklahoma in October, again, with our Rockstar program. We just got through doing it with the North Carolina uh, APA conference uh, this past month. So, um, Sean, thanks for being on the show again today. And uh, have uh, have you got uh, any more advance on the hot rods? Uh, yes, I'm meeting with... Uh, the gentleman that's doing the other one, uh, I was supposed to meet this week with him, but we're, we're getting down to the final thing. So we got to have a meeting. He pushed it till next week, but, uh, to talk about, uh, the color of the interior, the way we're going to set up the center console, the bucket seats, all that kind of stuff, all that fine detail stuff that's, um, got to be handled. So we're getting into that stage of that one. Well, folks, if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to our last show. You'll also see some pictures of uh, the work that Sean's doing on his hot rod trucks. So, Sean, talk with you later. Have a good holiday weekend this weekend. All right. Thank you, Dave. I look forward to speaking with you next month. Everybody, have a good time out there. Make sure that whatever you do, it is healthy, positive, and proactive. So, till next time, talk to you later. <laughs>